It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's a, a sports, sports rush, rush with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The It is the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy. We're glad you're joining us. And, of course, you're always connected. We give you your outlet to let us know what's on your sports brain. 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Big show today. Coming up in a couple of minutes, I'm going to tell you what is wrong with the IHSAA state tournament format in basketball. And I'm not going to be that guy that tells you all the problems but doesn't give you the solutions. And so today I'm going to tell you how we solve all the problems for the IHSAA. I'll make it easy on them. They don't even have to name me commissioner and I'll still offer (laughs) the solution. So I'll give you that here in a couple of minutes. Also on the way today, of course, we take a deep dive into college basketball, which right now is not good in the state of Indiana. We talked about Indiana State losing a couple of games after they get ranked uh, in the national rankings. And Indiana State isn't the worst of it. It's it's not a pretty sight as you uh, scan the globe around the state of Indiana. And we'll do that coming up a little bit later. Purdue Fort Wayne coach John Kaufman joins us. No Mastodon's coaches show tonight. We had some conflicts and just didn't work out, so John Kaufman will join our program coming up at 4.35. Also, hour number two, we get a chance to visit with trying men's basketball coach Brooks Miller. And, you know, one of the best-kept secrets in Northeast Indiana, trying athletics. We've talked to Andy Rang, the women's basketball coach up there. And I don't know if we've had Brooks on the show before. We might have. But uh, what a year it has been for trying men's basketball. And it's tournament time now. Their regular season ended. And, of course, we know what's on their mind. They would like to eventually end up playing the end of their season at the Memorial Coliseum when Division Three National Championships take place. And we'll talk to Brooks Miller. Not to look ahead, but to talk about his team, some of the key players, how they've been able to get to where they're at, and we'll tell you all about that when he joins the show coming up at 520 today. Welcome to the Sports Rush. Welcome, Adam, to a beautiful day in Fort Wayne. We're back. We had a we had that weird uh, cold spell, but the February is back to being mild and, and, and sunny. Surely you have been out to the courts and shooting some hoops. I have not. What are you doing with your life? Do you, I mean... That was your life last fall. And then we had winter, and it's like all of a sudden, did you forget? 
No. You're a baller. Baller's got a ball, man. You got to get out there and shoot some hoop. Get the video. Because <laughs> we always enjoy watching the video. Oh, man. Because we know it's clever editing whenever the ball goes through. <laughs> hey, now, I've sent you unedited footage of me hitting multiple in a row. You've claimed their unedited footage. I you keep looking for the cut. The splice. Yeah, I keep looking. There's got to be a splice in here somewhere. <laughs> he did not hit three in a row. Uh, I might need it just a little bit warmer. I'm a softie. I need it. Oh, nice. come on. I feel like you're not in any position to judge me about weather preference. Yeah, I know. I like it pretty hot. <laughs> I, I do. But look at me today in a golf look shirt. Look at you with the 1380. Uh, I said 50 plus. I'm going to the golf shirt. And yeah. today it was 50. So here I am. Uh, although <laughs> although I've been reminded by my wife that it is in the 80s down in Florida. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, they they actually had a cold night last night. They were into the mid fifties. Nobody oh. knew what to do. It's like they almost had to have a two hour delay on school because it would just be unsafe for the kids to stand out at the bu- at the bus stop with it only being fifty five degrees. Do the kids have coats? Oh my God, they're going to freeze to death. <laughs> is that when the is that when the iguanas start falling out of the trees? <laughs> they they do do that, but I think it's a little colder than fifty five. Those, those uh, iguanas falling out of trees usually happens a little farther north in the state. Oh, geez. Uh, Which is amazing because they're not dead. No. No, as soon as it warms up, they'll pop right back to life (laughs) like nothing happened. (laughs) Like, what am I doing laying here under the tree? Um, But uh, but anyway, yeah, so it's quite a bit warmer down in Florida. All right, so we talked about this yesterday, that the IHSA had a swing and a miss on regional locations this year, especially when you look at the number of Fort Wayne area teams that play in this tournament. Because of the population we have in Northeast Indiana, specifically Fort Wayne being the second largest city in the state, you would think that the IHSAA would somewhat imbalance the regional sites and lean them toward the Fort Wayne market to take advantage of Fort Wayne fans and the Fort Wayne teams that are going to end up winning sectionals this week. Absolutely not. They should have, but they didn't. And so, you know, you look at uh, regional sites that they've got after we have the boys sectional rounds. And, you know, these are the choices. And it's almost unfair to Fort Wayne and Fort Wayne fans to think this is a regional. This, you know, it used to be. I'm going to take you back to the old days, Adam. (laughs) The way it used to be. Oh, we're back in my day. I'm going to go back to my day. (laughs) Well, let me just tell you something. First of all, my day, the tournament was much bigger. And anybody that's in my generation remembers uh, the tournament being two Fort Wayne sectionals, being uh, a Fort Wayne regional, a Fort Wayne semi-state. That was the state tournament. I mean, that... You know, you remember Hillier Gates being there, the TV cameras from Channel 33, Dick DeFay and Hillier Gates sitting courtside calling the action of championship games, regional games, semi-state games. That was the tournament. And uh, today, it's kind of like win a sectional, scatter somewhere, and we won't see you again. You Mm. know, it's, I mean, it's unfair to uh, expect the fan base to, to, you know, up and travel, especially for a one-game regional. And I started to think, what, what, nobody's ever given a reason for this. And I finally figured out why we haven't gotten a reason. And it all kind of clicked for me last night. Here's the reason. 
What tickets are more expensive, regional tickets or semi-state tickets? Hey, the closer you get to state, the tickets are more expensive, right? And so what would be a benefit to the IHSAA is uh, if you have uh, more people that attend a semi-state than, than attend a regional because the tickets are more expensive. And so by getting more teams in the semi-state and being able to charge more for the tickets, you end up getting a bigger bank out of the, out of the tournament. I don't... I, I'm guessing, okay? I don't know because no one has said what was the reason for changing it. And those of you that listened to this program uh, for the last couple of years or maybe have listened to all eight years that we have been on this time slot on this station, you know that I have always said my favorite day of the entire, perhaps even the entire sports calendar, but definitely during the high school basketball season, my favorite day is regional Saturday which is no more. I used to love the fact there were two games in the morning, two winners were going to come back at night, fight it out to win a title, cut down nets, and one of them gets to go to a semi-state where they're only one step away from getting to a state championship. We don't have that anymore. But uh, the regional sites, which will be assigned after sectionals are completed, so these are the options for our Fort Wayne area sectionals. Now, let's think about this, because you're going to have winners coming out of East Noble, Homestead, uh, Woodland, uh, you'll have a, a winner out of Bluffton, and you'll have a winner out of Southern Wells. Okay, all of those are very much the eastern part of the state, very much northeast Indiana. Here's the sites that those winners will go to. Could be Michigan City, could be Logansport, could be, could be South Bend, Washington, could be Newcastle, could be North Judson, San Pierre. Could be Lapel, Triton, or Frankfurt. <laughs> That's it. Welcome to the regional. <laughs> you yeah. might need to get a charter flight to get to your game. Mm. The bus, it might be too far for the bus. Um, and, and when you add it up and look at the number of sectionals we have, certainly, you know, you could say, oh, well, it won't be too bad. Logansport's only an hour and a half. Triton's only, you know, an hour and 15 minutes or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But you have more teams that are going to be winning sectionals from our area than, than can fit into those two regional sites. I mean, somebody is going to end up in Michigan City or someone's going to end up at Lapel. I mean, maybe Newcastle. Just It's one of those things where... The geography of the regional sites doesn't match the number of teams' geography and where they come from. Like if you matched up where all the sectionals were being played and then you matched it up with the regional sites, it's like regional sites would all be toward the center and northwest part of the state. But the majority of the sectionals being played would be north central on into northeast. And it just doesn't align. And so we've got to find something. The easy answer right now, I'm going to throw it out there and go ahead, put put your opposition on the text line, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. We need a downtown arena. Got to have it. If it's not going to be downtown, put it on campus, at Purdue Fort Wayne, wherever it can be. Uh, and everybody's like, oh, you, you know, what are we going to do with another arena? Well, you make it 5,000 seats instead of the 10,000, 11,000 that can sit in the Coliseum. 
It uh, it offers a backup venue for all of these events that currently have to skip town when the Coliseum is booked for a weekend. And, uh, you know, the Comets would be happy. They'd be able to get more dates because there would be certain events that would go to another, the alternate arena, which would have fewer seats to sell and have better seating with the suite level. Uh, I It's just right now... You've got uh, so many cities that are around the size of Fort Wayne or maybe even smaller that have more arenas than Fort Wayne does. They don't have a problem keeping them busy enough to justify the cost. And so I say, bring it on. Let's let's uh, get an arena. We would solve this problem so quickly because we would then have... A, a true venue right here in the Summit City where the biggest schools can play the biggest schools. You could have showcase events, which currently our teams have to travel around the state to get to real showcase events. Uh, you know, you talk about the Hall of Fame Classic. You, you can look at the Southport event, you know, and others that, that come up on the calendar. You could have some right here in Fort Wayne. Wouldn't it be cool if some of the best teams in the state, some of the top 10 ranked teams, Boys and girls basketball could come to Fort Wayne and actually play in these showcase events right here where Fort Wayne fans can go watch some of the teams from around the state. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I mean, you could certainly have that. I mean, it would also provide, you know, just a lot of opportunities for other events to, to be held in downtown Fort Wayne as well. And so, you you know, you think about that. Now, here's uh, here's the other option for the IHSAA. And I'm going to present this. I'll put it on the table for debate. This is not necessarily the final solution, but this is a recommendation for consideration. <laughs> a lot of big words there, right? For your consideration. I, I have to use some big words as the uh, <laughs> temporary commissioner of the IHSAA. Oh, got to sound official. Yeah. Let's cut sectionals from 16 teams down to 12. Mm. Now we have fewer teams going to the regional. And somebody says, but Brett, that's not going to work out. You knock it down from 16 to 8 to 8 to 4 to 4 to 2. I'm like, I get it, but you've got Sagarin ratings, and at the level that you end up having the odd teams, uh, <clears throat> you, all you have to do is then use Sagarin ratings to determine who gets the buy. I also, in doing that, would go ahead and implement my rule that I think is overdue and should have been implemented a while ago, and that is the top two teams and the bottom two teams, every sectional draw should always be seated, and we can use Sagarin ratings as the best option out there right now, if you come up with something better, fine. Consider that, change it, put that on the floor for debate. But I think the best, if, if you have a good, the regular season should count. Right now in Indiana, our regular season means nothing when it comes to the postseason. A lot of states, you have to qualify to get into that postseason tournament. Not in Indiana, everybody makes it. And that's fine. Let's invite everybody to come along. But let's seed them so the teams that are 1-15 don't get a bye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How many times has it happened? Almost every year. I could probably go through the draw right now and find a team that's got one or two wins on the entire season that's earned a bye. Let me just see if we've got any of them in, in the uh, Fort Wayne area. Because uh, it almost always comes out somewhere in the state. Somebody gets a bye that shouldn't have a bye. Uh, not... 
not that bad, but Lakeland Christian is five and sixteen, um, and they got a buy. While the twelve and ten and twelve and eight teams have to play each other, which are the two best records at Bethany Christian. Mm-hmm. But but uh, generally, there's always one of those two and eighteen or you know three and seventeen type of teams that ends up making a, getting a buy and getting to move into Friday night. While one of the teams that's only lost two or three times this year ends up having to play an opening round game. Dumb. Don't have it. Don't have that happen anymore. You Sagarin automatically see the top teams so that they end up number one opposite brackets number two the top team gets the first buy and the second ranked team gets the second buy if there's two buys there you go how am i doing as commission my time is just about to run out <laughs> i think you did a great job is there anything else i've got to do um, uh, is there any other matters to address before I strike the gavel and call this meeting <laughs> adjourned? Uh, I think we're good. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and check what's happening in the world of sports is today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. All right. Thanks, Brett. Missouri prosecutors said today that two adults have been charged with murder in last week's shooting that killed one person and injured 22 others after the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Dominic Miller and Lindell Mays are both charged with second-degree murder, two counts of armed criminal action, and unlawful use of a weapon. They have both been hospitalized since the shooting. They are each being held on a $1 million bond. Ahead of the new 12-team playoffs next season, the College Football Playoffs Board of Managers voted today to reduce the number of automatic qualifiers from 6 to 5, creating an additional at-large bid for the next two seasons. The new model, colloquially known as the 5-7 and seven model, includes the five highest-ranked conference champions and seven at-large bids. And as the American sports betting industry continues to expand, it has reached a high watermark, posting a record $10.92 billion in revenue for 2023, this according to American Gaming Association's annual report. The huge year for the industry represented a 44-and-a-half-year-over increase from 2022, which previously held the record. And those are your top stories today, Brett. Somebody texted the show on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line and said, if you ask the IHSAA why, uh, I have not personally, but yet that question has been posed to Paul Neidig, and he said that they, he thought that the tournament needed some type of refresh, maybe a little bit of a change, and that they felt this was an appropriate change uh, given the circumstances, and they wanted to give this a try. They thought it would add a new wrinkle to the state tournament to have more drama on a stage at semi-state that's closer to getting to a state championship. I still don't get it. I think there's more behind it. But that was his public answer when he was asked about that uh, in, in another interview. Absolutely. Someone else just texted in. They said, Brett is feisty today. <laughs> feisty? No, you're, I'm just taking feisty. on the IHSAA. <laughs> and uh, I'm ranting my what I believe are the wrongs. And I'm trying to give them the rights. There you go. You know, that that's the whole thing. I could sit here and complain all day. But it isn't. You know, I, I don't feel right just complaining and then never offering solutions. So it's like if you're going to have a problem, have a way to fix it. And I just gave you some of the answers to fix it. There's plenty of schools. First of all, build a downtown arena. Maybe that's more difficult than just, oh, there's your answer. There's an easy solution. <laughs> but there are plenty of schools that could host. And I think you've got to figure out what is it going to take to get some of those schools into, you know, the other thing is with this regional format. I don't know. You'd have to ask the schools. I haven't. This is one where I haven't asked the question. But 
when you step up to host a regional, do you know what class you're going to get? Because, you know, does a 4A school, who's obviously going to have the biggest gymnasium, want to host 1A and 2A while their 4A team might be involved in playing a game? I mean, I assume that if you host, your team would play at their gym, I think. Yeah. But I can't guarantee it. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, and because the thing is, you've got so many 4A schools, they can mm-hmm. only pick so many sites. Because right now you've got, what, Logan's Port. Out of that list, how many are 4A? That list that I gave you, uh, Logan's Port right now is still 4A, right? They might drop to 3A, but they're 4A. Michigan City is, I believe, 4A. South Bend, Washington is a 4A. Um, Newcastle, they still a 4A. Somebody can let me know. And Frankfurt, uh, I believe they're 4A. But, they, you know, you've got like four, half of the sites are 4A schools, and you won't have that many teams going to the regional to fill four sites. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to figure it out. But, uh, but anyway, 46862, if you'd like to weigh in, 46862. What do you think about this one? Somebody texted in, uh, instead of a downtown arena, they, they suggested expanding on to the Coliseum. Maybe. No. No? You don't no. like that? Nope, don't like it. Because then the problem is, uh, one of the advantages of a separate venue would be to house events that currently can't get Coliseum space. And the Coliseum could then expand and get more space. But what are they going to do about parking? It's true. Where's the parking going to go? Because now you're you're got two events, one that will take on five thousand people, one that will take on ten thousand people, and if the expo hall has something else going on, that's way too much for the current parking situation. And so I I don't think it would work. And the other thing too is I think uh, it would be part of the downtown renovation to you know you've already got the tin caps down there, you've got the hotels down there, you've got restaurants. And I think it would just help our tourism, our visiting, uh, the people to visit this city mm-hmm. to have it somewhere downtown. Shout out to the texter texting in Newcastle and Frankfurt are both 3A. Okay. I uh, wasn't sure if they uh, had held on uh, to 4A or not. And I did confirm. I checked uh, the old John Harrell. Okay. So we're now fact checking our texters. Hey, got to keep things official God. here. Got to keep things uh, on the up and up. Up and up, man. And just tell us and we buy it. We look it up. Oh, we yeah. verify. <laughs> we are uh, we are radio verified. We don't, We've got the big check mark on our show here today. We don't blindly believe, Brett. All right, so we'll take a break yep. because uh, coming up on the other side, uh, ugly part of sports surfaced at a college basketball game last night. And we'll tell you what happened and where it happened. And uh, is there anything that can be done? to keep it from happening in the future. We'll talk about that. Also on the way, John Kaufman, Purdue-Fort Wayne men's basketball coach, will join us as the Dons get ready to take a Wisconsin trip, heading to the Dairy State for Green Bay on Friday night and Milwaukee on Sunday afternoon. And that means somebody will be in here for me coming up uh, on Thursday and Friday. And I think it is, is it Griff Thursday, Derek Friday? That is correct. Is that, is it on the schedule? Oh, yeah, it is. Derek is in here on Thursday. No. Shannon's Thursday. Derek is Friday. Okay, yeah, I should read the whole sentence. (laughs) 
Shannon Griffith will be here on Thursday, and Derek will be here Friday filling in as I travel to Green Bay, Wisconsin, home of the Cheeseheads. Break out the cheese curds. This is Maria Marcasano, head women's basketball coach at Purdue Fort Wayne, and you're listening to the Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Oh, the handshake line. Yep, the handshake line did it again. Apparently, tempers flaring as teams went through the handshake line in last night's Texas A&M Commerce at Incarnate Word Game. And uh, instead of handshakes, there were punches that started to be thrown. And it turned into quite the melee. Multiple players were throwing punches. There were uh, multiple engagements with players grabbing players, players punching players. Just not one of the pretty sights of college basketball last night at Incarnate Word. Two teams that have struggled, so there's probably some built-in frustration. Incarnate Word gets beat on their home floor by Texas A&M Commerce. Texas A&M Commerce is now 4-10 and in the Southland Conference, and Incarnate Word's 3-10. and So, you know, two teams that haven't had a great year. Texas A&M Commerce, just their second year is a D1, and so they have filled a lot of their roster uh, with the transfer portal. And sometimes when you have to go out and snag somebody in the transfer portal, maybe or maybe not, as far as knowing what kind of character you're getting. I mean, you don't know as much about the player. You know, the, the kids that you recruit out of high school, in most cases, you're on them as as freshmen, maybe sophomores, but you spend a good year or two getting to know them, their family, their upbringing, their character. You talk to their high school coach. You talk to their AAU coach. And so by the time you make an offer, you're very confident that the character of that player is going to fit with the culture of your program. But And I'm not saying that these two programs have a bunch of you know, bad apples, but they did get into a fist fight at a basketball game. And to me, that doesn't show great character. I mean, it's almost like their character got revealed last night and it's not such a great scene. It was not good. You had, uh, according to the TV broadcaster, you had a young uh, fan, young child, a girl that was struck. And then you had one of the managers that apparently got hit by a an errant punch that, that caught him and he was bleeding and been hit in the nose. Uh, just not a good scene last night. And the question about it is, uh, how do you feel about the handshake line? Is the handshake line necessary to show good sportsmanship or is there a better way to do it? Now, remember, they did away with the handshake line when we had the COVID years. Mm-hmm. And then they brought it back and many people at the time thought it was unnecessary. Everybody did fine as far as sportsmanship without having to go through a line and shake hands. And we've seen a couple, I mean, we've seen coaches get into it in the handshake line. We've seen players now with this, just an ugly situation last night. Is the handshake line necessary? I I kind of like the handshake line. I think, hey, that's the right way to end a sporting event, to show good sportsmanship, congratulate the winner, tell them good game. Uh, and then let them insult you as the loser of the contest. No, I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> Whatever happened last night, though, got out of hand. Oh, yeah. Terribly. Yeah, it was real bad. I mean, you know, players falling to the floor and still going after each other. And, and, was, and that was the thing is they had a tough time ending it. Yeah. I mean, they pulled players apart. Players were still sprinting and dodging security and coaches to try to still get to players from the other team. I mean, it, it didn't end. Normally... 
it's a, a two-man game, right? There's two yeah. guys, and you pull them apart, and everything kind of settles down. In this case, that that didn't happen. I mean, it was two guys, then it was two more guys, two more guys. Next thing you know, it's just a total fracas, a big melee. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I this, mean they th- were passing out uh, five-minute majors just right and left last night. Yeah, the, the brawl, I mean, itself lasted almost two minutes. So it's just <laughs> oh, really hard to separate um, them and just that was get- it joke i slipped in and nobody even noticed huh. but but let's talk about the commissioner of the league what does he do does mm-hmm. he suspend the programs for the rest of the season does he uh, ban them from any postseason tournament play does because at this point you're going to have multiple players the, these teams are not going to be able to field a quality basketball team because you're going to have multiple players that should be should be suspended for the rest of the season i mean the rest of the season's what three games maybe four games so these guys should be done for the rest of the season. Now the question is, what do you do with the rest of the program? Do you let them try to put uh, a roster out there that they've got six or seven guys and make them travel and go take on opponents? Or do you just call it and say, these two teams are done for the remainder of the year? I don't know if the Southlands come up with a decision yet. I know that they had put out a statement late last night that they were aware of what had happened at the game and they were reviewing that situation. But that just... Man, yeah, terrible to see something like that. It was such a great game. Uh, in fact, it was a, a that game was a good game, and I say great game meaning the game of basketball and college basketball mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. But that game was a, a really good game. Seventy six, seventy two went into being a four point game and a win for the road team, Texas A and M Commerce. And I'm not exactly sure how things got started because the cameras weren't on the actual initial altercation. All of a sudden, you saw everybody in the handshake line turn and look, and that's when you saw then the real, the real uh, fight begin. Just, just not a good situation. In fact, here in Indiana, we don't have a real good situation. Fortunately, it's not about fighting; it's just about losing games, and we're doing it at almost a record clip right now. I'm going to give you uh, the rundown of all the teams that right now are falling on hard times. And we'll talk about that coming up at the top of the hour. But up next, we've got to talk some basketball with Purdue Fort Wayne men's basketball coach John Kaufman. He joins us on the other side. This is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush. Coming up at hour number two, we'll talk to Trine men's basketball coach Brooks Miller as they get ready to enter their conference tournament play and postseason play. And, of course, for Division Three programs like Trine, the ultimate goal is to end up at the national championships, which are played at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. So wouldn't that be a fun event to have a hometown team playing in that? Uh, it was fun when Wabash made it, and now it would be even more fun with Trine. Uh, speaking of college basketball, local college basketball, the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons are going to take the Wisconsin trip this week. And hopefully the weather stays what they have forecasted at this point. Uh, it won't be too bad going up to Green Bay and Milwaukee. Joining us on our guest line is men's basketball coach John Kaufman. Don's come off a win over the weekend against Detroit Mercy. And uh, always kind of scary when you take on these teams that uh, – they get their first win after uh, going 0-26 because now all of a sudden they got a little extra bounce in their step. They have a little bit of extra belief, and uh, that Detroit team is much better than a 1-26 record. I mean, I wasn't sure you were going to ask me a question. 
I've been on the line for 10 minutes now. I appreciate the pause there. I wanted you to practice. Get ready. Practice. I, I, I got you. Uh, hey, well, let me start out by saying if, if, if Fort Wayne young people have not or fan basketball fans have not been to the Division Three National Championships here in Fort Wayne, they are missing out. Um, it is a high level of basketball. I was at the Warsaw Games. I mean, it, it's great basketball. Uh, when we have Midwest teams in it, great crowds. Um, I, I would highly, highly recommend people, you know, showing out for uh, for the Division Three National Championships, and you know, it, it just helps draw more basketball into our city, and that'll be, you know, hopefully a, a selling point for our league. Uh, you know, a goal when we joined the Horizon League was that eventually we would, you know, have an opportunity to host the Horizon League tournament in Fort Wayne. And, you know, I think that that helps our selling point uh, as well as, you know, women's regionals, things like that at the Coliseum. So hopefully people show out. And then getting back to your Detroit Mercy, um, you know, I don't know. I've never played a team other than this game against a team that uh, was this talented um, and had not won a game, you know, in February until February, and won a game right before us. Um, and you know, their their uh, their TV broadcaster when we talked the night before the game, um, he said, you know, they played a ton of good basketball. Watch them, and I, and I can I, I can vouch for that. And, and obviously, their their top player, Jaden Stone, who's uh, uh, leading the conference in scoring. Um, has has missed about eight or nine games through the season. That's caused some of their their ups and downs with uh, with finishing. Um, but the other part is that it seemed like it just lifted um, this cloud off the team and that they were playing free again. Um, and so, of course, as you always do, you spook me before the game in our pregame show, and you bring up the same thing. Um, you know, hey, these guys, man, they're going to be playing with a ton of juice today. They got this cloud lifted, and so, you know, to, to uh, uh, Jeremy Otto and, and yourself, thank you for the uh, anxiety you brought to me pregame. Um, but uh, our guys played at a high level. Uh, we prepared, again, very, very well. Um, I thought our guys offensively were absolutely elite. Um, I, I, I didn't love some stretches defensively, which is, you know kind of been the teller um, of how we played recently. Um, but but I, I, I loved what we did offensively. I mean, we, we only turned the ball over five times. I mean, that's what this group has done phenomenally well. And that's why we're so efficient offensively is because we're taking care of the basketball at a high level. And that's really a challenge when you think uh, of the fact that we're top 25 in the country in both scoring and tempo. Um, so there's a lot of possessions. We're playing really fast. Decisions are coming at us really fast. And, you know, we're not just a one-point guard system. I mean, we got multiple guys, I mean, four, four guard types handling the ball, all using ball screens, and just really, really proud of the offense we put on the floor and the winning attitude. I mean, we, we, we were able to, you know, pull one out when they made, a, they made a run at us with about eight minutes left in the game, and our guys responded really well. Is it as simple as defense travels when you look at the road record? There's only two teams. I brought this up on yesterday's show. Only two teams in the Horizon League that have winning road records. And ironically, when they played the two games they played this year, they beat each other on the other team's floor. Oakland and Purdue-Fort Wayne. Honestly, I think that's one of you media guys with your random stats that don't really play out. Um, Stat of the day. 
stat of the day. Hey, man, uh, I, I, I got to come up with something, Coach. You expect it. You've named me stat man. I got to come no, up with something. I, I love it. I, it makes me. You make me think all the time. Um, now you don't want to hear what I think most of the time. When you think <laughs> about you now, but but I, I do. You do make me think through that, and, and, and I like the fact that we're one of those teams. I mean, it's the numbers are wild this year. Um, obviously, we can't. You know, we start out the year with you know the best uh, start to in the history of our program, um, including four and zero in league play. Um, have faced some adversity, particularly in January. Um, but when you look at you know point differential, um, we're in the top three or four. I don't know. I haven't done it since you did it for me last week. Um, we're probably uh, still three again. But if you look at net rankings and you look at Ken Palm, we're in the top four. Um, you know, all the numbers say we should be in the top four, and, like, that's where, you know, we're, 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 we're really two games out of, of, of being in that spot. And so we got to pick some games up. we got to pick some games up on the road. And at the end of the day, like, at our level, it's a one-bid league. Like, we got to be playing our best basketball coming down the stretch of the season. Um, all this experience of this young group, I mean, bottom four in terms of Division one experience, They've now gained experience. They got to take this experience, and now, you know, how do you win a game when it's win or go home? Um, which is what it's going to be in three weeks. So, you know, we're coming down the stretch here. I love our group. We played a ton of great basketball this year. Um, I love the fact that we're going to have all these dudes back, other than Anthony. But man, I want to, I want to, I want to finish this year the right way for Anthony because he's been such a big time player for us the last two years. Coach, playing your style with so many possessions, playing fast, uh, it is uh, somewhat of a, a grueling style physically, but also just playing college basketball can be tough mentally. You're trying to balance the classwork with the scouting work, and, I mean, it is a lot going into the brains of these players. It's a lot of toll on their bodies. You get to this final stretch, and uh, the schedule makers kind of gave you an early final buy so you got two games last week two games this week two games next week is how do you fit in a balance between practice that you still want to get some things done and rest that might be necessary at this time of year well you, the ncaa uh you know enforces that you, you you take one day off a week and then if you have three games in any given week you don't have to take a day off that week you take two either the week before or the week after and so this week um, we took Sunday off. We practiced really, really hard yesterday, kind of a development day, a few days out, um, you know, with us not playing till Friday. Um, and we took today off and needed to so that next week when we play, uh, I think it's Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, um, you know, we, we can use all those days for prep. But, you know, as we prep, a lot of the days, you know, we're getting low-minute guys workouts to keep their cardio up, the guys who are playing 15 minutes or less. Um, and then our heavy minute guys, like they're not getting a ton, you know, other than maybe when we're three days out and get a practice. Um, and we're not doing a ton of heavy contact, although Monday we did a ton of live action, kind of our last really hard live day coming down the stretch of the season. Um, and we had some things we wanted to adjust and things we wanted to work on. Um, so yeah, you, you gotta be really careful with taking care of your body. Um, you know, the other piece to, to that is, you know, our style of play, you're exactly right. Like, we play fast, and we shoot the three. Two things where you need your legs and you need to be fresh. Um, you know, is that the best way to win in, in late February and March? You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we've had a lot of years we played really good basketball down the stretch of the season. I mean, two years ago, we won the regular season. 
Um, you know, I think we won 10 games in a row, didn't lose a game in February. So it'd be hard to argue that, uh, you know, that's not the right style in that case. We're the best defensive team in the league as well. Um, but I will say this, I mean, you got to figure out what fits your coaching style. You got to figure out what fits your, 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 uh, your university. I mean, when I took over, you know, 10 years ago, you know, we had had, I, I, I think, two or three winning seasons since we've been Division One. You know, we now have had nine in the last 11. And, you know, to attract players when you don't have necessarily the national brand, you got to think of, hey, how can you create something sexy in your program? And it sure wasn't going to be me. Uh, it was not going to be me. So it had to be a style of play. So shooting the three and playing fast. And if you play fast, you got multiple guys who are going to average double figures. you got multiple guys, if you're good, they're going to get all league. Like, uh, cheers going won the league championship. We, uh, we had two first team, uh, first team all league guy, second team all league guy, and a sixth man of the year. Um, and so now you get accolades, which helps guys sign pro contracts, which we've had 23 since 2011. So, you know, some of what we do is to get the best players here. And then you got to figure it out. But ironically, we worked on, um, in practice yesterday, we worked on kind of how do you grind a little bit, you know, and down the stretch of the, uh, the game against Detroit, you probably saw us, uh, pull up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and went some of that high ball screen stuff to kind of manage. And like, we're, we're getting a little bit of a feel for, all right, when do we grind a little bit? And so that's looking at, you know, I think some of, uh, you know, coming down the stretch of a game or maybe coming down the stretch of a first half or second half where we, we had some adversity, some teams have made some runs on us and, and played catch up on us. Um, you know, maybe that's some time to grind out and kind of adjust our style a little bit. So, um, even though we have, you know, a vision for our program that, that, you know, I'm obsessed with this is why we won. This is how we need to win. You know, I'm not adverse to figuring out unique ways to maybe, uh, you know, have some different flows throughout the game. And so we worked on that yesterday. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But I, I would rather not. I don't want to. I hate chess. I don't want to slow the ball down. I don't want to play chess. I want to coach our guys hard in practice, teach them how to play. Um, other than uh, Cleveland State, where I use too many timeouts, I prefer not to call any timeouts. Just happened to work out well that one night. Um, you know, teach the guys how to play and then let them play during the games. Yeah, it was, uh, that, uh... that's that's where I think is the best style of college basketball. It was funny because you mentioned the Detroit television broadcaster, uh, Jeremy, and he actually asked in a late timeout, he leaned over because he was right behind me, and he said, have you ever seen the Dons play this slow? And I, I told him, I said, well, you know, it depends on the, the game and the situation, but, you know, they can play. They're an adaptable team. They can play different styles. They can run sets instead of the read and react offense. I said, so... You know, I've seen probably a little bit of everything, but it kind of surprised him. And he did notice that you were kind of grinding there at the end. Um, one uh, one final thought here, Coach, because I get this question quite often, and I just wanted to pass it to you and have you give the answer. I think you're more qualified at the response. But uh, someone asked me, hey, this team has been absolutely great, went on a big run early, had the funk What's the key tangible difference? Is there something that you can say, when we do this, we look like the team in November and December. When we do this, we look like the team in January. Is there something? Well, let me first respond to your Jeremy Otto comment of slowing the ball down. We did grind out to 83 points. So 
Uh, it was three possessions where I thought were critical um, that we adjusted a little bit. But but I do think you always got to reflect, and every team's a little bit different. And figuring out ways to win win a game, um, you know, I, I don't I don't know. Like I don't think I think we're a much better team than we were in November and December. Um, you know, I think we've won a lot of close games. I mean, you look at Youngstown State, who at the time was number one in our league when we beat them. Um, and that was a nice, I mean, that was a tight game. We sweep Northern Kentucky, who was a preseason favorite, and, and win two close games there. Um, you know, the, the close game part of it, we've also lost some close games. I mean, lose a game to Milwaukee by three. Lose a game to, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, well, we beat Green Bay in a tight game. I'm just rewatching. Well, a couple of the, a couple of the eight point games were much closer than eight points. Cleveland State is an example. Those could have been 50 50 games down the stretch. Uh, both of those were, were tight with just a couple of minutes left on the clock. No, no doubt. I mean, we, and, and we lost two, we lost three three point games. Um, and, and I had shots to tie it at the buzzer. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't have the answer to it. I, here's what I do think. I think there's no nights off in the Horizon League. I, I think on any given night, now obviously it's, it's, uh, you know, it's tougher to win on the road. That's just, you know, that's just the nature of college basketball. Um, but, but like, it, it's anybody's game. There's no bad teams. I mean, even Detroit. I mean, they have leading score in our league. Um, you know, and you come down the stretch of game. I mean, I just watched Wright State, who, who you know, barely lost. It's a two-point game with, like, a minute left um, against Detroit, who at the time had not won a game with, like, 0-25. So it's, uh, it's just a bear. It's a bear to win basketball games. I mean, just ask Matt Painter. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's an absolute bear. It's tough. And that's what makes it special. I've heard his, you know, shoot, I, I've heard his talk on that. I mean, what makes winning so special is that it's hard to do and you want it to be tough. That's what makes it special. And, and you just got to be the tougher team. And I think we've developed that over the course of this year. Um, and I think our, 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 our league is going to be a bear coming down the stretch, but I, I love our group. And I don't know. I mean, even the two years we won, you know, I mean, both 16 and 2022 were in a regular season. We obviously, you're in great flow in those seasons, and you're going to the tournament. You know, I mean, you feel invincible. Uh, but other than maybe those two years, you know, I, 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 there's always been a team or two in the league. I've been like, man, I don't know about our matchup. Like last year, as good as we were, as many returners as we had, you know, our matchups against Detroit Mercy and Antoine Davis were not good. When we graduated Pipkins, who, who was able to beat them twice, that year, like like when we graduated, it, it, we did not have great matchups. I don't feel that way with any team in our league this year. Um, I, I just I like our group, and we get to dictate the game. And I think people have to adjust to us. Um, you know, we're one of the smaller teams in the country, but we got four guys out there at any one time. That, that, I mean, they can get all the way to the rim and shoot the three. It's hard to guard. Coach, appreciate you. Have fun tonight. Uh, I know you've got a big night planned, so uh, enjoy it. And we certainly appreciate you taking some time to join us today. Scott, man, like always, I appreciate your homework. I'm scratching my head right now. I'm going to go to work on your numbers and see if there's some validity to it. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. He is my uh, he is my verification. See, like we verified our texter. I give him stats. He has to get those verified before he actually applies them. Yeah. I gave him the plus minus. He didn't give me credit for it today. Oh, man. Because I gave him that plus minus. I said I went through every team in the league and looked at plus minus, and the Mastodons were third in the league in plus minus 
and uh, and fourth in the league in Ken Palm rating and net ranking. And yet, if you look at the standings, they don't reflect third or fourth. Uh, but that's how close the Mastodons are to being right there at the top. We've got to take a timeout. It's time for hour number two. And hour number two features Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. <clears throat> yeah, we've got that coming up in just a few. Also, we've got Brooks Miller, Trine Men's Basketball Coach. He's going to join us at about 520. Keep it locked in. It's a sports rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.